I am really excited about what I'm going to share this morning, and I can guarantee you that my mouth is going to move faster than my head, okay? So I, I prayed the prayer, but I'm also going to say, look, if I say something that doesn't line up with the truth of Scripture, number one, <laughs> go to the Word, go to the Lord, and figure that out with Him, but also, number two, check me on it. I mean, um, you know, part of our work here in in leadership is to, to stay congruent according to the Word of God. And thank God that I and others here that are in leadership have the rest of everybody who are also in leadership to keep us accountable to the truth and to Scriptures. Amen? Man, that's a safe place, isn't it? Knowing that there is one rock-solid thing that we can always count on, and that is the Scripture of the Lord. So, What I have to say is in complete submission to that this morning. But these words, accelerate victory, were pounding in my head. One, actually two times, but but particularly the first time that we had an elder meeting where we were discussing uh, Mike's sabbatical, Pastor Mike's sabbatical, what he was going to do, what the church is going to do. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, this is an opportunity to accelerate victory, to accelerate the vision and the mission of the church. Now, you might find that a little strange when the, when the chief shepherd, you know, the, the head of our church is off on sabbatical. You know what? I've seen it many times before, not here, but in other places where an event like this can create space for other people to, to step into new roles, for other people to identify maybe things that you know, just have gone unsaid or not realized maybe a need in the church because, you know, we just all think, well, Mike's got it or Cindy's got it or one of the elders, you know, they have it. I don't believe that that's where God wants us right now. I believe that for this summer, like crowds or not, I know we've got vacations, we got vacations and all of that, but collectively, we're going to be on track you know, for our mission this summer. And it's going to take all of us. Here's the thing. We're not on sabbatical. Ha! We're not on sabbatical, Gloria. Darn it. We carry on the mission. No, that's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's exciting. So my role today really is to set the stage and give some vision specifically to the mission of Victory Church. Part of the reason I'm so excited is I know what's coming. I mean, you can't believe the, the, the night that Mike laid the schedule before us, like 12 slots. I'm going to speak to that later. Before I take you to the mission, here's what I want you to consider. As we look to mobilizing our mission, and I'll get to the mission. I haven't stated it. Hopefully many of you know it. But we're not on sabbatical, and during the time of Pastor Mike's sabbatical is really a time that's set up to be a season of accelerated victory. Amen? We're not slowing down. We're not staying in place. We actually have the opportunity and the space and the capacity to accelerate victory, to accelerate the mission. Are you not excited? Come on. Tammy, are you excited? Give me a preach it, brother. 
Do you believe it's important? Do you believe the mission is important? Again, I'm going to get to the mission. But are you willing to engage it? You know, that's of all of those questions up there, this is kind of the one that we're going to focus on in the next couple of weeks. Are you willing to engage? Are you, Brooke, are you willing to engage the mission of Victory Church? What is the key to that? Talk a little bit about that. That's, it's really simple, actually. It's actually very hard, but it's really simple. And then what will happen? What will happen when we all come together and align to this purpose of our church? What can we expect? Okay, so I'm going to touch on some of these things, but again, briefly, my role here is to set this up for the summer. It's going to be an exciting summer. But the importance of us all individually, individually and corporately to get this is really what's going to accelerate victory as uh, we have the opportunity to do here. So uh, where are we at? Next slide. Our mission. Our mission is to help people find new life and find it abundantly through Jesus. We had a mantra, and we maybe still have it there, helping people discover and experience an abundant life in Christ. Right? So our mission in this church is to help people find new life, to help people find Jesus, and to help them find it abundantly through Jesus. It sounds like two things, doesn't it? And it really is. Getting saved is like hitting the reset button. But there's a process of sanctification to get to that perfect day when we'll all see Jesus face to face. I want to focus a little bit on on a word here that's really strong. At least I find it really strong. And that is the word abundantly. As we focus on the mission, I'd like to focus just a little bit on the word abundantly. This is really what Pulls us together. It's what moves us forward. It's what advances the kingdom. When we experience truth in the Word of God actually coming to life through people, through circumstances that God orchestrates, we realize the abundance of God. And it almost causes us, at least it almost causes me as I'm doing now, to step back. Say, whoa, (laughs) God, you are really something. You are really big. You know, and there are many parts as we take this a little bit, I like to use the phrase, closer to the ground. God is a very high and lofty and immediate also kind of force in our lives. But as we think about His uh, impact on our local church and on ourselves as individuals, we got to consider the many parts, don't we? I mean, thank God for the many parts. You know, for example, in this church, a lot of the things that we hear are, man, I really love the worship. I really love the music at, at Victory. And that's, that's great. Um, we love, we up here, we love the worship and we love the music too. I think that's what makes it so special. We, we want to minister to the Lord every Sunday that we come because we want to give Him glory and praise and honor. And that's just one of the things. But, but life groups, 
I mean, we've got some really strong life groups, and I would encourage anybody who's not in a life group to find one. And any life group leaders that, that see anybody that's not in a life group, do some shoulder tapping, because life groups um, really help people discover and experience abundance in Christ. They, it really, really does. Academy classes, we have steps to freedom or journey. Is it journey to freedom? Journey to there's steps to freedom. There's journey to freedom. Is that it? Journey, journey to freedom. Yeah. So steps to freedom is more of the, on the counseling side, which is also another thing that we hear from uh, others or people who newly join us, that counseling is a really strong part of victory. But my point in this is that <clears throat> there are many things of why people you know, might get engaged. There are many contact points or points of entry into this church, but the central theme in all of it is that we are here to help people find new life and find it abundantly through Jesus. That is our main filter here. So anything we choose to do, it's going to align to this, right? And this aligns to Scripture, ultimately. So it's very clear, but it's also very unique in a way for this church. This is what makes us tick. We want to see people get life and, and find it and get it abundantly. That's, that's what makes us tick. And abundance, again, it implies plenty, even excess. Like, man, you got, you got some, oh, you got some more. Oh, you got some, whoa, I can't handle that. Oh, there's still more? You know, that kind of abundance, it's almost in excess. It's more than adequate. Oversufficient. It's overflowing. And you know what? That's a good thing because when we're in a place where we're overflowing and spilling over, it just kind of, you know, brings other people in into the flow as well. So abundance speaks to capacity. And how much is that? I mean, I just, you guys, I can't, I can't get my head around it. And I think that's okay. But one of the uh, scriptures that is just captivating to me and it blows my mind, is Ephesians 3.20. And it, it speaks to this capacity and the, the, abo- the, the abounding abundance, the excessive nature of, of God. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding, don't miss this, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now, I want to unpack this a little bit. Exceedingly abundantly. That's like, I mean, Paul is saying like, you know, the most you can think of, we'll take that times the most you can think of again. And then it's even more than that. Okay, exceedingly abundantly above all, now don't miss this either, that we ask or think. I mean, this is some serious... This is some serious capacity here, everyone. What is Paul saying here? Uh, you, you and I are not even capable of imagining what God can do. Oh. And then the second part of the verse, and this is kind of where it gets granular again. This is where it gets closer to the ground again. According to the power that works in us. Let me try to illustrate this to get to get our heads into something that we can uh, attach to. Isn't this a cute kid? There. Isn't this a cute kid? 
So let's talk a little bit about capacity, okay? This is some serious capacity right here. I didn't show the whole, the whole car because I think Ozak looks better than the car. It's a Rolls-Royce. Any of you have driven a Rolls-Royce before? Nope, me neither. Sat in one, though. We were down in Naples, Florida, visiting mom and dad uh, last year, and uh, we, we just saw this car dealership with all these fancy cars, and Naples is full of cars like this. I, I just I can't even relate to it. But anyway, I wanted to experience this, and the boys, they did too. We're not really motorheads. Oakley's kind of a motorhead, but the rest of us aren't, aren't so much. And, um, but we wanted to see these cars. So Ozak is in this Rolls-Royce. And let me tell you, this, this car has a 6.7 liter V12. Woofta. Y'all say woofta? Woofta. 571 horsepower. I mean, man, I, I thought I had a big engine in my rig. Uh, this, this is huge. Goes zero to 60 in 5.1 seconds. Ooh, it costs $458,000. Need I say more? <laughs> well, that's some serious capacity. Let's look at the next car. So this one, this is really serious. This one isn't quite as much money, but let me tell you, serious power, $337,000. Well, it kind of looks like a bargain now, doesn't it? Zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Oh, that's got to be like G-forces. Huh? 715 horsepower. That's some serious capacity. Let's look at the next one. This is incomparably serious. Now, can you, this is actually legal to drive on the roads. I couldn't believe it. It's just short of being legal to drive on the roads, by the way. But it's incomparably serious. You will not find another car on the road, I don't think, with this much power. It's an Ashton Martin Valkyrie, and it has 1,160 horsepower. I can't even imagine what kind of power that feels like. It goes 0 to 60 in an undisclosed time. Its top speed is undisclosed, and its price is undisclosed. (laughs) If you do a little research on the Internet, you'll find that it costs about $3.4 million. Now we are in the proper frame of mind to talk about the community of victory and our mission. I want to talk just before that about the incomparable Christ. Because that's what all of this focuses on. That's what Scripture unlocks. That's what our mission is focused on. And this is the central theme of the gospel of Jesus. This is one of, you know, all, or a lot of you have cameras, right? I do this a lot in church. When you see something that is like, whoa, there's way too much there, take a picture of it and go back and study at home later. I'm going to have a few more slides that you might want to do that. So let's go ahead and take a picture of the slide and, and you can go back to it later. But Colossians 1, 3 through 20, and I'm going to read the whole thing because there's just a lot in here, Okay. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transformed us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have the redemption to the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to pause there for just a moment because as we think about acceleration 
Think about this. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So he took us from darkness to light. How how long did that take? When we accept Jesus, how long does that take? Think about that. Boom! We don't need seconds. We don't need 0 to 60 and 3.9 or whatever. It's just like, boom! It's not a dimmer switch, you know? It's dark and just a little lighter. No. Boom! Lights off, lights on. That's what Jesus does for us. We find life. Boom! Find life. Amen. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. He, he created all things, okay? Both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he himself would come to have the first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure. Pay attention here. For all the fullness of God to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things to himself having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Is there any doubt what we're focusing on here? Jesus is who we're focusing on. Redemption and restoration is victory over sin and death. This is the secret code to all the relationships. This is the secret code to the relationship with God. This is the secret code to the relationship with family, with friends, with the body of Christ. He holds all of this together. Simple. Sometimes hard. But fullness, this abundance that we talk about, this pursuit that we refer to, is aimed at the fullness of God. See the the, the picture there of Abundance over here. Abundance blowing up into into what? Fullness of God. Well, we can't understand that, but it's a good word for us because it's something we can understand. The fullness of God, even though we can't grasp it, is what we're moving toward. It's our destiny. So, that was a lot of words before, again, putting up the, the mission of victory. But let's put it up there. Helping people find new life and find it abundantly through Jesus. This is why we exist, Victory. This is magnificent. This is magnetic. This is like a muscle car, right? I mean, this is, this is big stuff. The question today is, how do we mobilize this at a greater pace? These words that I had pounding in my head that I believe the whole... It didn't hurt, by the way. Pounding in my head by the Holy Spirit. Accelerate victory. Accelerate victory. Accelerate victory. Now, as we prayed together as a leadership group, I mean, we... we Ellen, we could all feel this, right? I mean, this is... 
this is going to be a fun summer. This is going to be a good summer. Back to the schedule. When Mike laid the schedule out in front of us, it took like 3.9 seconds to fill it. Boom, 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 boom. 12, done. I mean, it was amazing. I got one. I got one. I got one. There's several other people, um, you know, that are, that are going to be speaking in the next 12 weeks. But it all aligns. It all aligns to Scripture. It all aligns to our mission. And this is what pulls us together and pulls other non-believers or believers to the church because we're here to help people discover and experience abundance. Amen? So how do we mobilize we, when I say we, I mean all of us. How do we all mobilize this mission at a greater pace? How do we tap it? How do we get, get granular? You know, I'm, I'm guilty a lot of, of speaking, you know, in 30,000 feet kind of in the clouds. I, I want to get granular on this. And my job today isn't to do that. There's specifically the next couple of weeks we're going to learn more about that. Um, but how might we accelerate this victory in our lives, and the lives of those around us. Well, back to Ephesians 3.20, there's a little clue. According to the power, like that, Mary? Like power? According to the power that works in us, that is, toward this mission of ours. So, this power, yeah, you're you're good. This power goes way beyond 1,160 horsepower. This power has the capacity to change lives, to alter courses, to wipe away the past immediately. With this power comes responsibility, authority, which I'll briefly touch on later, well, what is this power? Okay, what, okay, you got this big floaty power thing out here. What, what does that look like, Ryan? Well, I am going to get a little closer to the ground. I'm going to talk about four, okay, four instruments or powers, instruments of power that can work through us, okay, individually or together as a body of Christ. So there are, there are more than this. I'm going to focus on four. That's all I got time for. But I'm going to speak about the power in the identity of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of unity, and the power of multiplication. So as Paul encourages us in Ephesians chapter 20, according to the power that works in us, that's all led by the Holy Spirit, but it manifests in these kinds of powers. So first of all, I'm going to talk about the power in the identity of Christ. I like to start this way with this slide. You'll find this on our website. But the beginning of realizing who you are in Christ, I think really starts here. It's okay not to be okay. You know, we just got to be comfortable in our own skin, in our circumstances, in the way that God has created us. We got to be comfortable in that. And so... How can we identify with Christ as, as described in Colossians 1? Looked at before. I mean, <clears throat> he is 
more than we are even capable of thinking. Okay, well, that's great. (laughs) Where do I start? Well, you start here. It's okay not to be okay. I mean, the good news is we're all the same at the cross of Christ. You know, we're all, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Okay? It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, you know, what you do. It's who you are that matters. And who you are is a child of God. So that's the identity we need to carry around as individuals and as a body. We are children of God. If that's true, which it is, who can stand against us? Doesn't matter because... Our identity is in Christ. Anybody that comes against us has to come against him. That's like having the big brother behind you. Yeah, hallelujah. We accept him as the way, the truth, the life. We find our life in him. There's power in that. Jesus exists. I love this one. I love this verse. Philippians 2, 5, and 6, Natalie. Philippians 2, 5, and 6. And I'm not going to read all these scriptures. This is one maybe you want to take a picture of. I'm just going to refer to them. Um, In this scripture, Jesus is, is showing that he's existing in the form of God. But he didn't feel like he had to grasp for it. And I think that goes unnoticed a lot, that... um, the way that Jesus behaved, this points to that. The way he behaved. He, he had all authority at his fingertips. But he didn't feel like he had to prove himself. He didn't feel like he had to grasp for it or show somebody who's boss. You guys ever feel like you need to show somebody who's boss? I do. That's where I make my worst mistakes normally. I made a few of them, haven't I, Owen? <laughs> so we really need to pay attention to that, that if we're going to be like Christ, we need to notice how he behaved. And, and he behaved like this, that he had all power. There was nothing he didn't have, but he still didn't feel like he had to prove it. All right? We're created through him and for him, and we are held together because of him. Again, this is all pointing to that value for us to live in the identity of Christ, not in the identity of ourselves. I love this one. This is like a life verse, Galatians 2.20. Because sometimes people ask me, how do you do it all, Brian? You know, you're a dad of seven, a husband, a CEO of a, you know, sizable company, elder in the church, worship leader. How do you do it all? Well, if if I was in my flesh, I'd maybe let a little of that go to my head. I'm like, it's survival. I don't know. I suppose it's because it's not me. It's Christ in me. I got nothing. I mean, really, got nothing. So that's how these verses come to life for me. That's hopefully how these verses come to life for you. Our identity in Christ is like, whoa, freedom, victory, the power and the identity of Christ is unbelievable. It's certain. And it's eternal security. How could you talk about identity in Christ without referring to Romans chapter 6, right? That's another one. It's just, it's certain. It's eternal. It's everlasting. 
this new life in Christ. So on to the next power, the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of scriptures up here again. Take a picture. I'll refer to them. But the Holy Spirit, also known as the Helper, as Jesus referred to the Spirit, was released to us by the Father in the name of Jesus. Isn't it cool how all this fits together? And it's just got this order that is just so certain. And it's so real. And we feel it. We know it. We experience it. The Holy Spirit in this church. I mean, you know, I like, I like when, when Pastor Mike or, or myself or somebody says, you know, we believe that the Holy Spirit operates today. Well, you know, I suppose if you were on the outside looking at, well, okay, well, maybe I don't believe that. Well, I mean, this is beyond belief for this church because we've seen lives change. We've seen miracles happen right here. We've seen it. We've seen people like lose their braces and, you know, for arms or legs or, I mean, we've seen miracles. We've seen heal, healings. You can't tell me that this isn't true because I've seen it. This is the kind of power that the Holy Spirit demonstrates when we allow him to demonstrate. He is our helper. We are baptized in the baptism that's separate from John's baptism. Okay, that's another point here. There's, there's, and this does not minimize the baptism, baptism in water, right? That declaration that Jesus is my Savior, and you know that is a baptism. That's a water baptism. There's another baptism that we believe as a church that is a Holy Spirit baptism, and this is the one that Jesus baptized. The disciples into when they got the tongues of fire on their head he baptized them in the spirit that's found in acts 1 5 fascinating and upon this baptism we receive power mary can you say power for me power we receive power the filling of the holy spirit is abundant to the point of an overflow Okay, this kind of goes like, all right, beyond what I can ask or think, I know, I know English, I know fragmented parts of other languages, but when I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I speak in tongues that I don't understand. <laughs> what is that? Well, it's power. That's what it is. It's overflowing power. And it's not something that we want to get proud in or take advantage of. It's not that kind of thing. It's, it's power that helps us overcome. Overcome stuff in our lives. So the Holy Spirit manifests this power in fruits, in gifts, in miracles, in healings. The Holy Spirit, I, I just have to, I have to speak to this too because I didn't really have this much in my notes, but I wanted to just make sure I covered it. The Holy Spirit is a part of the triune God, okay? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I think, at least I observe too much in my Christian circles that sometimes it seems like the Holy Spirit gets third place. Oh, it even hurts to say that. The Holy Spirit isn't a third place kind of guy, kind of thing. It, it, the Holy Spirit is part of the triune God. And man, he has access 
to the throne of the Father through Jesus. There's power there. There's power there. Much more to learn, much more to cover. I can't cover all of it, but I do want to speak to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10, because this just kind of accentuates or puts the exclamation point on this. For to the one who is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit and another faith by the same Spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another distinguishing or discernment, distinguishing of spirit gifts to another various kinds of tongues and to another interpretation of tongues. There's a lot of power there. Is there not a lot of power there? There's a lot of power there, and it comes in different forms. And this speaks back to the value in our differences. Thank God we're not all the same. Thank God Bob and I aren't the same. He does things way better than I do. Some things. Power of the Holy Spirit. God's healing is for today. His healing is not just spiritual either, but it's also emotional and physical, and we see it here. The power of unity. Getting closer to the end. Don't worry. i got to go to the bathroom pretty soon too. Unity has a purpose, okay? John 17, John chapter 17, and I know these are big words, but these are, this is probably my favorite chapter in the Bible probably my favorite chapter in the Bible because it it, it just so well demonstrates the power of unity and, and the purpose in relationship. The purpose in relationships. Okay, and, and I need I'm I need to speak to it, but I'm gonna speak to it quickly. The purpose in the relationships okay the reason that Jesus and God were communicating like this in John in John chapter 17, was for this reason. And it's in there. You'll find it. I'm going to encourage you to look hard, but you'll find it. Jesus says, so that the world may believe and know who God is. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yes. So what Jesus is saying is, God, let people see the way that we we do relationship because when they see it, they're going to know. They're going to know that I am who you say I am and I am who you sent me to be. The world will know based on our relationship. And I think it's the same for us. And he speaks to it actually in John 17. As we are unified to the purpose of Christ, others see that and they know. Oh, I want some of that. It's what pulls people in. Unity is a priority of the Spirit. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, and Matthew 5, 23, it, it, it just demonstrates so clearly that unity is a priority of the Spirit, and it's required. Actually, diversity is required too, as it spoke to all the different things that the, the power of the Holy Spirit manifested in. There's got to be diversity and unity. It's not groupthink. It's not we're all the same. It's different things coming together in alignment to the truth. And it works. Now, I can tell you, I've been on a lot of teams before. Um, 
sports teams, a lot of business teams. This team of leaders at, at Victory, I have not experienced anything like it. We are so different, but we are so aligned, and we love each other. I love you, Darren, and I'm not afraid to say it. I really love you. Alan, I lean on you. I love it when I know that you're praying for me. I mean, it's that kind, and this is not a club, you guys, okay? It's just, we're just the leadership team. Bob, if I go to war, I want you with me. So unity works. It just works. When it's working, it's magnetic. It's got power. The power of multiplication. This is the last one. Many of us here, all of us here, have walked the same hard walks, and we found, many of us, most of us, whatever, a lot of freedom in Christ. And I'm just going to be brave and say it's our obligation for those of us who have experienced that to multiply that into others. The power of multiplication is astounding. If you go to the next slide, Natalie, uh, if you just, this, this makes the point. If you would have a goal of one million Christians, one million people to convert to Christ, you could do one of two things. You could take 10 years and preach to 26,214,000 people, which would be about 7,000 people a day. And if 4% of them came up to the altar upon a, a call to receive Jesus, in 10 years you'd have a million converts. Now, I don't know how many of you even feel comfortable speaking in front of 7,000 people, but that'd be a pretty remarkable thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, every day. Well, as I'm looking around here, I really, from age, makes no difference. I mean, I'm looking at Aura. I'm looking at Grant. I'm looking at Audra. (laughs) Every single one of us can do this. We can disciple every single one of us. And if we would take one disciple for six months and then do it again, this disciple and you pick another disciple and two becomes four and four becomes eight and and on and on, in the same 10 years, you'd produce a million disciples, not just people who have come forward and said, yes, I need you, which is, don't let me minimize that. But investing into somebody for six months doing this would produce a million disciples. Power in multiplication. Everybody is qualified to do this. That's the good news. What's the key to the mission? Again, I pointed to this a little earlier. It's simple, but kind of hard. The key is total surrender to Jesus Christ. It's not a picture of just laying around waiting for God to do something. What does he say in Matthew at the end? Go, make disciples. Go do it. Use your feet, use your hands, use your head. Go make disciples. I'm not my own, you guys. I'm his. I was made through him and for him. And in me all, I mean in him, I'm going to hold together. 
That's the same for you. That is freedom. That is freedom. That is life. That is abundance. That is victory. So advancing at a greater pace. This is the first slide. Go to again. Do you believe it's important? If this resonates with you, you're going to like this summer. There's going to be a lot of practical things here that we're going to learn together and implement together. Are you willing to engage? My goal today here was to get us excited about our mission. Hopefully, I got you excited. I sure am. I'm sweating under the arms, Bob. Helping people find new life and find it abundantly through Jesus. Oh, what a, what a mission. It's just awesome. So what's the key? Total surrender to Jesus. Total surrender to Jesus. What's it look like? Well, I'm not going to speak to that much this morning. But you will definitely hear more of what it's going to look like in the coming weeks. So we're going to get practical. We're going to get active. We're going to really work hard while Mike's on vacation, relaxing and, you know, finding words to take us into the next phase. That's all awesome. But we're not just going to sit here and wait. We're going to work really hard on helping others find life and find it abundantly through Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, God, I just want to say right now how grateful I am that you are so good, that you are so true, that we can find absolute confidence and security in you, in your word, in the way you operate in our lives, the confidence that you give us by your Holy Spirit, the very fact that you sent your son to the cross to pay for all the bad stuff, all the disconnect from you. That is not our job. Jesus has already paid that. And as we find identity in Him, Lord, we just ask that You would help us to facilitate together through Your Spirit this mission that You've given us of helping people find new life and finding it abundantly through Christ. God, give us the courage, Lord, to take a step. Take us the courage even to wrestle through what it is that we as individuals can contribute to the mission. It might be life group, leadership. It might be Sunday school. It might be joining the worship team. It might be praying. It might be worshiping and just interceding on on behalf of those in need here. But God, help us all to identify with Christ in this and find the thing that we can maybe do to help contribute to His work right here in our lives, right here at Victory right here in southwest Minnesota, in Minnesota, in the nation, in the world. God, we thank you that you are so big and you can do everything. You have done all it takes through Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.